Okay, folks, uh, we're in open session here now, and uh, I'd like to welcome you to the weekly meeting of the ERA Committee. Um, we, 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 we are a quorum, aren't we? Yeah, we have a quorum. Um, and if you have any problems with Starleaf, let us know. Folks, um, keep yourselves uh, on mute until it's time to speak, because all background noise um, <coughs> can be um, picked up. Um, the, uh, it'll be recorded, broadcast around Parliament buildings and online. And keep your mobile devices muted and your your Starleaf, your computers muted until it's time to speak. Uh, if you want to uh, indicate you want to speak, use the uh, WhatsApp facility here I have on the phone and keep an, an eye on here. Okay. So the first item is uh, number one. Uh, first item, I don't have any apologies. Um, chairperson's business. Um, I want to advise members that we approach summer recess standard practice for committees to delegate authority to the chairperson and deputy chairperson during periods of recess to submit views on the releasing or withholding of information and, and any non-routine contentious FOA requests received. In previous mandates at the final meeting of each session, the committee agreed to this delegation of authority and the committee would be advised of any such requests. The views expressed by the chairperson and or deputy chairperson and the response issued by the FOA unit First of a meeting following the, the uh, recess period. So, members, okay, that practice continue. Okay. okay, okay, members, the draft minutes then, item number three is the, um, from the meeting on the 20th of June and the 1st of July, page six. Can I seek agreement for the minutes? Okay, I think that's okay. Um, there's no matters arising. Item number five is a written briefing, the Waste uh, Fees and, change and Charges Amendment Regulations NA 2021. Uh, the written briefing is at page 23. I want to advise members that the regulations were last considered by the committee at the meeting on the 24th of June and it was agreed that the policy should move to the next stage, legislative stage. The regulations are subject to negative resolution and will come into force on the 1st of August. The examiner statute rules not drawn any attention to the, to the uh, rule. Um, so, members are content. I'll put the question. The Committee for Agriculture, Environment, Rural Affairs is concerned <coughs> SR 2122 um, 182, the Waste, Fees and Charges Amendment Regulations NA 2021, and there's no objection to the rule. Okay. Okay, members. Um, uh, item number uh, six on the agenda is the Agriculture Commodities Coronavirus Income Support Scheme number two NA 2021. The written briefing is at page 31 of your packs. One of those members that the regulations were last inserted by the committee on the 24th of June when it was agreed that the policy should move to the next legislative stage. The examiner's statute rules has not yet reported on the regulations. Therefore, uh, committee consideration has been deferred in September, until September, but this will have no impact uh, on the department's ability to issue any payments. Okay, item number seven, a written briefing on the Agriculture 2017 Northwest Flooding Income Support Scheme, NA 2021. It's in page 43. The, the briefing's in page 43, your packs. <coughs> the regulations were last considered by the committee at the 24th of June and it was agreed that the policy should move to the next legislative stage. The examiner's statutory rules has not yet reported on the regulations, therefore, Public consideration has been deferred until September, but this will not have any impact on the Department's ability to issue the compensation. <coughs> okay, members, um, we'll just move on here to item number eight. That's a written briefing, SR 2021-196, the Agricultural Student Fees Amendment N number two, Regulations NA 2021. That's at page 56 of your packs. 
The regulations were last considered by the committee on the 1st of July when it was agreed that the policy should move to the next legislative stage. The regulations are subject to negative resolution and will come into operation on the 2nd of August. The examiner's statute rules has not um, drawn any issues or any attention uh, to the rules. Um, the, uh, so, members, um, I suppose at the last meeting I did highlight some concerns about the impact this may, may have for future students from across the EU accessing Caffrey College here. And also um I do I do note as well on the that there on the uh, I was going through some of my notes here that there is an issue to do with the um oh I, differential I, in terms of rural impact assessment there's a differential impact has been identified uh, between rural and urban areas. And I wonder if it would be possible maybe to write to the department to find out, elaborate on that there, what is the differential impact between rural and urban areas. And it's important to, I just want those concerns noted, uh, which I raised previously around the potential impact this could have, potential barrier um, could have um, for future students from across the EU. And also, just to tease that there out. Okay, so members, we're going to have to we're going to put the question here, um, you know, albeit with the, those concerns which have been highlighted, um, that the Committee of Agriculture, Environment, Rural Affairs considered SR 2021-196 Agriculture Student Fees Amendment, number two regulations NA 2021, and uh, no objection to the rule. Okay. Okay. Um, can member number nine. Uh, written briefing, uh, statutory instrument, the common organisation of the markets and agricultural products transitional arrangements amendment regulations 2021. Um, the briefing paper from the department is page 69 that this SI is a fully reserved matter and is only for information because uh, it's, uh, it's, it's fully reserved from Westminster and the, the department has been advised the minister doesn't agree with this SI. Um, can I ask members, have they got any issues that they want to raise or anything that they want to? Yeah, can, yes, can Rosemary. I? Yeah. Uh, yes, Rosemary. Can I ask? Yes, Rosemary. Yes, go, Rosemary. Yes. Rosemary. yes. Uh, uh, Rosemary. Excuse me, for my ignorance, but is this SI to do with the regulations? There's not many. Clauses and referrals to different parts, and is this to do with the, with the derogations? For example, you know the derogation in relation to maybe dogs being fit to come into from Great Britain into Northern Ireland without having rabies injections until October. Is that what that SI is to do with those type of derogations? Um, do we anything in that there? Um, derogation, you understand? Is, is that, that to do with the extension of the grace period, isn't it? Uh, so, that's what I'm asking. So, Chair and Rosemary, um, yes, the the specific um, components of this statutory instrument are outlined on page 72. So, um, it's for a specific range of products. So, um, it's to do with um, transitional arrangements for the trade of organic products, hops wine, fruit and vegetables. Um, and that is the limit of the of the statutory and this particular statutory instrument. And in what relation is it in relation to to uh, derogation? 
for so, them to come into. So, uh, Rosemary, I understand this statutory instrument is um, not specifically protocol related in the sense that it is to do with um, the the transition from EU law into UK law, and these provisions are specifically around um, the the trade of those specific commodities. Um, but I don't believe it pertains to the derogations of the chilled meats, for example, that was discussed and agreed last yeah. week. It's specifically around organic products, hops, wine, and some fruit and vegetable um, items. Okay, right. Okay, well, okay. thank you. Okay, members. Um, if you, oh, uh, sorry, Chair. Patsy, go ahead. Uh, Chair, I, I just a wee query around this, and this, there's nothing we can do about it as a Westminster issue. Yeah. But um, if, if I could find out, just all we've got is the minister disagrees with it. Um, it might be helpful, just by way of information, we find out what the minister disagrees with or on what basis. Um, that might shed some light indeed to Rosemary's question as well. Yeah. Okay. Can we make make, make representations of the department on that? Certainly. Yeah. Thanks for that suggestion, Patsy. Uh, Chair. Yeah, just in general thing. I mean, I, I noted the same thing as Pat. You know, I think it's useful in future. You know, if we're getting something like the department disagrees with it, that they actually give us the reason and rationale why they, they disagree with it. I think that would be helpful in all cases. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Those suggestions. Okay. Item ten is the written briefing: the sea fishing industry challenges. Um, memo from the clerk at page 75, which provides an update on the support provided by the Department to the sea fishing industry over the past 18 months and the ongoing issue that they are experiencing. Nick, do you want to update us on that? Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, so, Members, just to draw your attention to uh, the memo at page 75 in the pack, uh, been asked to provide a brief update on the challenges facing the sea fish industry um, and wanted to bring that information to members before the summer recess. So, um, engaged with um, colleagues at the department and also with representatives at the Anglo-North Irish Fish Producers Organisation and the Northern Ireland Fish Producers Organisation to give a current assessment of the, of the issues facing the industry. Um, so I think it's fair to say that the sea fish industry, I suppose like all sectors, was profoundly affected uh, by COVID-19, um, given in particular the lockdown of tourism and hospitality um, sectors across Europe as well as the general uh, limits on unnecessary travel. That's obviously obviously had a dramatic effect on the demand for fresh products and consequently um, the market price for fish products fell dramatically over uh, 2020. Um, now in terms of support that has been provided to the CFIS industry over the past 18 months there have been a range of schemes provided by both local and national government, totalling just under four million pounds um, to local sea fish vessels. That encompassed both income support and also support for their fixed costs. However, in discussion with representatives from the sea fish uh, sector, they highlighted, highlighted a number of challenges which are ongoing. In particular, um, market prices for fish products which, as I said, suffered dramatically in 2020 due to a downturn in demand. Um, and while, obviously, in the last few weeks there has been an easement of restrictions, restrictions um, that has helped to stabilise prices, they are nevertheless still markedly lower than pre-COVID-19 levels. 
For example, we were advised that the average price of a kilogram of hake and place, for example, is around 20% lower in 2021 than it was in 2019. And shellfish prices have also been affected. Um, and it was provided with information to illustrate that to suggest that a kilogram of langoustines in 2019, uh, the market price for those was about £6. And in 2020, that had fallen to £2.50. So that demonstrates the, the market challenges that uh, sea fishermen fisher, uh, fisher are facing. Um, associated with that, then, is that there's anticipated to be a, a long uptake in price recovery, um, and that's due to a fee, the phased reintroduction of hospitality services across these islands, and also the different timeframes for easement and export markets across Europe. Um, obviously, with the uncertainty and reduced level of tourism and travel, there's obviously going to be a slower demand um, and uptake in, in, in people eating fish products in restaurants, which is the driver for market prices. Similarly, um, uh, representatives also state that they, they, they are aware that there has been potentially large stockpiling of fish products and held um, in a frozen state um, while prices have been low. And therefore, they anticipate that it will take many months for the price of fish products to recover to pre-COVID-19 levels. There have also been uh, the sector also faces challenges in operating costs due, due to an increase in the cost of fuel, um, and also um, is dealing with some of uh, operational productivity challenges associated with Brexit. For example, uh, vessels registered in Northern Ireland no longer have unfettered access to inshore waters uh, in the Republic of Ireland and need a permit to, to, to have this. Um, there have been reports that fishermen have, have experienced delays in, in getting those permits. Um, and also, um, due to the outworkings of Brexit, can only land within seven specific ports in the Republic of Ireland, which leads to longer journey times and, um, and additional costs. So, in summary, um, representatives from the local sea fishing industry are continuing to engage in discussions with DERA about the need for continued short to medium term compensatory support for the sector in order um, to stabilise the industry given the anticipated long recovery time for market prices. Um, and then, at a wider, more strategic level, um, they're also keen to see um, the progression of a delivery plan um, to support the strategic vision as set out in the Northern Ireland Fishing and Seafood Development Programme Report, which was published in April of this year, and to ensure that the local sector has an infrastructure that is fit for the 21st century and can support economic growth in coastal communities. Um, so, in short, I suppose that's a, a very brief headline summary of the challenges reported to the committee that are um, impacting the sector and what the sector is, is is hoping to secure in terms of short and long-term support. Thank you, Nick. Um, Patsy, you indicated uh, that you wanted to speak. Was it in relation to this, this here, or was it the, the previous matter? No, Chair, that was the previous matter. Yeah, sorry, I just was just checking the right. list here. Yeah, John, thank you. Yeah, John, John Blair. Thank you, Chair, I muted. No, not me. No, uh, um, yeah, yeah, on the sea fishing industry and the, the current situation, I do you want to say something? Uh, I think there are two issues here. First of all, the immediate challenges in relation to the, the market 
and <clears throat> all of the other issues listed, but, but secondly also the, the plan to develop um, to be fit for the future. So in regards to both of those, can I ask that um, if we're planning to meet sea fish and industry representatives anytime soon to discuss either or both of those issues? And secondly, um, could we perhaps go back to them uh, as responses to the discussion today to, to let them know we, we've had this discussion and we're willing to engage and we're willing, willing to hear more of the plans? Yeah. I think no one would disagree with that there. It'd be okay. I'd be content with that one. Yeah. Harry? Thank you, Chair. Just a few comments. I mean, I think really the fishing industry's had a terrible time at the minute. And really, with COVID and with Brexit before all this, they really were needing a lot of work done. I've done a few visits myself. And um, we're really looking to invest in, the, in our fishing industry before all the problems, so you can guess how it is now. Um, it is great that they are having discussions both short term, which is very important, and long term, because to rebuild this industry is really going to take a lot of investment and a lot of thought. So, yep, appreciate all the help that's being given to them, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Harry. Okay, members. Um so can I seek agreement? Claire. Oh Claire, did you indicate you want to come in there? Claire, sorry. Yeah, yeah they're all right, Chair. Thanks. Um, apologies for not being here at the start. But listen, um fully support the work done there by the sea fishing industry as well and putting their case forward and glad to see that there is good engagement and like Harry, I have um a visit myself as well and engage with the sector. So there are just nothing against what's being done but is there any way we can find out from the minister or the department whether a similar level of analysis is being done with other sectors under the remit in terms of the ongoing impacts due to covid um on their their business um and maybe ask the the minister as well if we could get an update on the harbour redevelopment, particularly in Kilkeel. I think that has been earmarked for redevelopment, um, but as yet still no work being done, which is absolutely key to giving them a sustainable future. Um, so that's the two things. You know, Our other sectors um, engaging the same, getting the same attention from the minister, impacted in the same way and being managed in terms of going forward. Um, just like the sea fishing industry and an update on the Kilkeen Harbour redevelopment. Okay. Uh, okay, members. So, um, okay, can I seek agreement then? It'll be right to the department then for an update on the provision of any additional compensation for the sector due to ongoing market price deflation um, and to confirm what plans DERA has in place um, uh, to deliver the strategic vision for the fishing industry locally. And that includes the issue that Claire just raised around harbour development um, and other sectors as well. And also what John is suggesting about communicating back to the fishing industry that we've been taking on board what they're saying and we're part of this ongoing engagement. Okay. Okay, members. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. okay, we're going to move on now to item number 11. Um, it's the update on the common frameworks. Um, the memo from the, the clerk is at page 79, which provides an update on the progress of two frameworks and the anticipated next steps in order to implement the common frameworks in full by the end of 2021. I want to refer members to uh, the table correspondence 
from the Department which contains a high-level timeline of the anticipated introduction of the 15 common frameworks that fall within the uh, ERA's uh, remit. Nick, do you want a brief committee? Uh, thank you, Chair. Yes, um, I just wanted to, before we um, break up for the summer recess, just give an update on the progression of common frameworks and what may be forthcoming in the autumn time with regards to the passage of the common framework. So um, I've put together a very short written brief on, on page 79 of the pack. Um, and I appreciate that there was a lot of discussion earlier, maybe late last year and earlier this year, about the about the progress of some of the common frameworks. Um, so at present, there are 15 common frameworks in progress which relate to the policy areas under uh, DERA's remit. Um, and in terms of the five-step delivery plan that has been de developed by the UK government to implement the common frameworks, um, that is set out at the bottom of page one and page two of the briefing. Um, so phase one is obviously uh, establishment of the principles and proof of concept of the, com of the common framework. Phase two moves into more um, detailed work on policy development. Phase three um, is a review and consultation process um, whereby the UK government liaises with, um, key, with uh, technical stakeholders um, and industry experts for in-depth review and assessment to, to develop a provisional framework. And that really leads us to phase four, which is where ostensibly we are at present with the 15 frameworks that are relevant to the work of the committee. Um, so the principle under phase four is that after the provisional frameworks have been signed off by each of the four legislatures um, within the UK, they will be passed to each of those legislatures for some form of scrutiny and review. Um, it is expected that legislators will have 21 days to consider each provisional framework. However, I have been advised that the timeframes around that are flexible and are up to the discretion of each administration and the committee, um, depending on the complexity of the provisional framework um, and any other workloads that may be um, happening at the time. And then um, I think an important element to note is in terms of phase five is post-implementation of the initial framework. All common frameworks will be subject to regular review at different cycles, so there will be an opportunity to revisit those in the years ahead. Um, in terms of the two specific frameworks that we have recently been notified of by the Department, um, we received high-level summaries in regards to the air quality framework, um, and really this provides a very high-level scope of what will be contained in the provisional framework. Um, so it's, um, it, it outlines that the framework will respect the evolution settlements um, and establish constitutional conventions across administrations. There will be overseen via a concordat between the four administrations sitting alongside any relevant primary and secondary legislation. Um, and the proposed scope of the air quality common framework uh, is in regard to reporting on air quality across a range of um, metrics. Also, um, we'll cover industrial emissions policy development, compliance with national and international air quality targets, and air quality monitoring and mo modelling. Um, the summary also outlines that the Concordat will um, cover issues such as governance and decision making, and specific roles and responsibilities and how the administrations will work together. 
Um, I appreciate that that is very high level, um, but that present, that is the, the extent of the detail that has been provided to the committee um, in relation to the air quality framework. The second summary that the committee received is in regards of the agricultural support common framework, which essentially replaces um, the policy areas that were previously managed under the EU common agricultural policy um, and the associated regulations. So the agricultural support framework provides a non-legislative basis for collaboration, coordination and a, a common approach on agricultural support. It also establishes an agricultural monitoring, agriculture marketing monitoring group that pro will provide technical information on market developments and coordinate views on the impact of affected markets. It also has established an agricultural policy collaboration group um, that will share good practice, policy innovation and developments in relation to agricultural support schemes, marketing standards, marketing disturbance and crises um, across the jurisdictions. And the proposed scope of the agricultural support framework is outlined at the bottom of page four. So it's intended to cover agricultural spending, marketing standards, crisis measures, cross-border cross holdings within the UK, and data collection and sharing. <clears throat> so I suppose that's a very high-level summary of the, of the summaries that we have received in those two specific frameworks. In terms of work that is actively ongoing at this time, um, uh, the Common Framework Scrutiny Committee at the House of Lords is currently engaged in a, in a piece of work to scrutinise the proposals for the Common Frameworks coming from the United Kingdom Government. Um, and the committee team has written to the House of Lords Committee requesting that it be updated on any salient developments or key progress as that work, as that work progresses, and that request has been supported. Um, the Cabinet Office is also under currently undertaking a mapping exercise across all common frameworks to identify which aspects of EU legislation um, are likely to amend the protocol and if there would be any potential divergence or impact on common frameworks. We've also requested to be updated on any um, information or results of that piece of work and the, and the, House of and the Cabinet Office has agreed to that. Um, in terms of where we are locally with the progression of the 15 frameworks which are outlined on page 6 that are relevant to DERA, essentially all of those frameworks are currently sitting with the Executive Office awaiting First Minister and Deputy First Minister approval. Um, following the granting of that, all of those provisional frameworks will then be referred to the Committee and the Assembly for that period of scrutiny and the committee will be um, expected to look at those, review those um, as part of its scrutiny process. Um, we've received notification from the department that it is likely that we will receive the 15 frameworks at some period of time in October, um, at which point then there will be an expectation of turnaround um, by the end of November is the, is the requested date. But as um, for our opinion and review of those common frameworks, but as I say, I am advised that there is some latitude and flexibility with regard to those time frames. Um, so, 
at the bottom of the memo a suggested action in relation to the common frameworks is to consider members may wish to consider writing to both DERA and the Executive Office um, seeking an update um, on when they expect the, they, those provisional frameworks to be approved by the Executive Office and also to perhaps consider um, having those provisional frameworks sent to the committee in advance of them being given TO approval so that we could um, get a head start on review and scrutiny of those. Thank you, Chair. Thank, thank you, Nick. Um, Nick, see, see just on that point you made there about um, sitting, sitting with the executive, um, I just want to correct to Dara for clarity because do you see at the, um, at the executive office um, committee on the 26th of uh, the TO committee on the 26th of May, um, the, the then Minister Gordon Lyons indicated that, and I just took a wee note of the hands out of this here, um, that we need further clarity on a few issues within the Department of Agriculture, Environment, Rural Affairs. There's been a bit of back and forth within the Department on that. I hope that that up to be with you soon. So I, I just got a, the, um, certainly the impression from that that, that it was was a case that wasn't being held up at TEO level, but that there was a bit of um, to and fro and maybe holding up within DERA. Could that just be teased out with them, um, Mike? Certainly, Chair. And just, just so um, I'm clear as well, I believe at the TEO meeting last week, there was a discussion about where, where things were progressing within DERA, and I understand that they were perhaps awaiting uh, confirmation and clarity on some legal advice pertaining to some of the common frameworks that would then on receipt of that advice, TEO would enable would be it would be considered um, in a position to refer the provisional frameworks on. But certainly, we can write to the department of that effect. Okay, uh, Claire. Claire. Thanks, Chair. Um, I'm just wondering. Like, at the start of that, it said that there was going to be engagement under the remit, so engagement with technical stakeholders. Do we know what's meant by technical? Who, who are the stakeholders going to be? Do we know? Claire, I don't have um, a list of the stakeholders specifically. Um, my, uh, my, my interpretation of that was it was across all the common frameworks like industry experts, but I could certainly um, seek to identify specifically which stakeholders have been engaged with by the, the, the Cabinet Office and the development of the DERA frameworks, if it would be helpful. Yeah, that's grand, because I just know that the, the framework's going to be really vital to environmental regulations here. So I just, you know, anything that falls outside the narrow scope of the protocol be covered by a common framework, basically. So I just feel it's really important that stakeholders in the environmental sector are engaged with. So I just don't know what's meant by, you know, what, what's the difference between a stakeholder and a technical stakeholder. Thank you, Claire. Uh, Philip? Just following on from uh, uh, the point was making. I mean, I think it is important. I mean, obviously, at the minute we're we're just discussing high-level issues, but I mean, certainly, particularly with regard to the air quality framework, you know, it does make. I mean, even not politically, rather than, or sorry, environmentally, rather than politically, you know, it may make sense that we, you know, we have the protocol, even adopt EU-type legislation because on this island it makes much, much more sense. So, I think all of those points need to be taken into account. Okay. Thank you, Philip. Okay, um, okay, members, and uh, can I seek agreement to write to the department, uh, the executive, and indeed to DERA to seek an update position on the technicals for confirmation of the relevant frameworks 
and subsequent referral to the Assembly and to uh, request foresight of the provisional frameworks that are awaiting approval. Okay, members, I uh, want to advise you now that we are moving to closed session. And uh, just, I'm just going to hit the red button here. Okay, members, uh, item 13 on the agenda is the departmental written briefing, the NAEA draft uh, plan 21-22. We, we just haven't got the um, papers yet. Item 14 corresponds, page 90. I want to draw members' attention to the following. Uh, uh, correspondence from Enerchem Solutions, page 2004, providing information on a proposed pilot scheme for the development of a plant that will be equipped with technology um, to utilise excess farm waste uh, and con convert this into usable energy for vehicles and the gas grid. The next is a joint public-private sector venture. Given the um, commercial sensitivities, the correspondence has been marked restricted. It's not for sharing outside the committee. Um, are we uh, okay to write to the department in support of this proposal? Okay. Members, correspondence the speaker which has been tabled, advising that a public petition entitled Animal Creator Register was laid in the Assembly on the 20th of June by Dolores Kelly, MLA. Speaker has written to the Minister informing that the public petition has been presented on this matter. A member from the clerk, which has been tabled on an issue raised by a member of the public in relation to the farm nutrient management scheme, following liaison with the department, it has now been, um, it has now been uh, confirmed that following extensive investigation into the issues raised, no information or evidence has come to light to substantiate the concerns or allegations made by a member of the public and, not further, and no further action is required. Um, table correspondence from the Committee from the Economy on its committee stage of the Parental Bereavement Leave and Pay Bill, which commenced on the 15th of June, and is requesting views or comments on the bill. I will ask members to forward any comments which they wish to the clerk by the close of play on the 9th of July. The members will okay if we action the rest of the correspondence as suggested in the index page, page 88. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, forward work programme. <coughs> For the autumn session commencing in September will be developed over the recess uh, period and brought back to the committee's consideration at the first meeting on the 9th of September. I want to remind members that the virtual visit by the Dairy Council, which is taking place today at 1.30pm, both myself and Rose may have indicated that we will be attending and virtual invitations have been issued by the clerk. Members of our business I want to raise, we will be going into closed session after this. Okay. Um, okay, the next meeting will take place on Thursday, the 9th of September, 2021, at 10am, and will be a hybrid meeting streamed on the Assembly website. Okay, members, we're going to move into the uh, closed session now. Thank you. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Committee Room 30. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Committee Room 30. This is the Northern Ireland Assembly Committee Room 30.